And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games. Movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the adept Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll listen to the story of Dr. Kildare, good medical drama starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore from 1950. But first, Lisa Wolf is our lyricist for learning the lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right. And the category this week is songs with numbers in the titles. Songs with numbers in the titles. Okay. Did you think of anything? No. Really? But I took a Prevagen. Okay. So I should be anything fine. Anything come to mind? What's the first song? Because um, I feel like you'll get it. One is the loneliest number that you ever That's knew. That's a great song, but I didn't choose Two that one. Can be, be as bad, bad as, one. as one. It's the, it's the loneliest, loneliest number since the number one. one. Mm, oh. That's a good one. But that's not it? No. Okay. I think you'll get two of these. Two out of I three. Agree. Two is a number. Two is a number. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Here is the first one. Okay. The problem is all inside your head. She said to me, the answer's easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. She said, it's really not my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued. I know she's not doing it like the song. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Mike, am I? She never wants me to win at anything. Mike, am I doing it like the song? No comment. She never wants me to win at anything. But I'll repeat myself at the risk of being crude. Come on, Carl. I don't know. Yes, you do. Listen, I'm going to start over. Uh-huh. The problem is all inside your head, she problem said to me. problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy. The answer is easy. If you take it logically. If you take it logically. See, that's how I'm doing it for you. I'd mm-hmm. like to help you. I'd like to help you. In your struggle to be free. In your struggle to be free. And the next line is the title. Um. She said, it's really not my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued. But I'll repeat myself, at the risk of being crude. 1999? <laughs> <laughs> Let's play it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. That's what I did, just like that. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be. 50, 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. Paul Simon. She said it's really not my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued. But I'll repeat myself. Got it. At the risk yep. of being crude, there must be 50 ways to leave your lover. How many? 50 ways to leave your lover. Just about the back, Jack. 
Make a new plan, stand. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the Kiwi. And get yourself free. Well, I might be changing my guess now. Mike, I thought he'd get this one. This is, I should have got this one. I know. I love this song. I know. Me too. All right. Just hop on the bus, All right. Gus. We're going to move on now. Mm, man. Ready? Disappointed in myself. I am too. I usually am. But let, me, let me cleanse my uh, cleanse my Cleanse, your palate, cleanse my palate. Hang on a second. Okay. All right. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't even know her name. You know, I didn't even know her name. But I was never going to be the same. But I was never going to be the same. Oh, I got a funny feeling I when got a she funny walked feeling in the room. When she walked into the room. And my, as I recall, it ended much too oh, soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, um, yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, it's hard. There's a lot of the yeah, chorus in here. I know um, this. Hypnotizing, mesmerizing me. She was everything. I dream. This is be. the Four Seasons. Yes. Yeah. It is. And this um, is um, what a very special time for me. Um. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know her name, but I, I was even never going to be the same. I was never going to be the same. Um. Uh, I can't read the in between part. Oh, I got uh, a funny feeling when she walked. Feeling when she room. walked into the room. That's it. With my yeah. As I, I recall it, ended, ended much, much too soon. soon. Oh, well, what a night. There oh, it is. Oh, but oh. that's not a number. Oh, is O-H. No, oh, what a night. it's called December 1963. Oh, oh what, what a, a night. night. Okay. Come I on. Got it. I got it. You got it? Oh, what a night. It's both. December 1963. Late oh, December back in 63. What a very special time for me. I know O is a letter. <laughs> Got a funny feeling when she walked in the room Well, my night of ended much too soon All right. Oh, what a night. We got one. We got one more to go. Okay. That's a great tune. It is. I, they're all good tunes because I chose Man. that. Man. <laughs> it's a good one, Lisa. All right. Ready? All right. One can have a dream baby. One can have a dream baby. Two can make that dream so real. Two can make that dream so real. One can talk about being in love. One can talk about it. Two can see how it really feels. Mm. One Nothing. Can, one can wish upon a star. Nothing. Two can make a wish come true. Yeah. One can stand alone in the dark. Two can make a light shine through. No. Come on. Nothing. It's like chirp. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Well, you're chirp, gonna know the chirp, song. Maybe chirp, you just know chirp. the chorus. Okay. One can have a dream, baby. Two can make that dream so real. Nothing. You don't know it? Wait till you get to the chorus. You'll have to know. One can wish upon a star. Two can make that wish come true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, but you don't a know the word. Bit, but okay. Yeah, it's not I sung. I don't know that one. That's it takes two. It takes, it two, takes baby. two, baby. Kim Weston and Marvin Gaye. Ah. Oh, all right. Well, who sings better, me or Marvin Gaye? Um, I didn't really get a good chance to hear you singing this one. Okay. I don't really know the word. But it's pretty but close, right? It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you did. So I have okay. a career in singing, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you've had a long career thus there, far. Someone out there is going to discover me, right? Oh, for sure. Record label yeah. somewhere. Oh, we're just waiting for it to happen. I mean. Of course. I mean, if they got me an auto-tuner, I'd probably be pretty yeah, good, right? Yeah, would be great. You know? Or you can get a room at the Hilton and have a bath, and maybe take, you'll at the write Munich a good tune. Hilton. That's right. Take a bubble bath, yeah, and take you a can bubble start bath. writing some uh, great songs. I mean, an auto-tuner, and then, like, a whole orchestra behind me and stuff. Yeah, you'd, and be, then... you'd be like Bruce Springsteen. Really? Yeah. Wow, that good? Mm-hmm. As oh, long yeah. as we keep the vocals low in the mix. Right, great. Right. See, Mike can mix it for you. He'll I'm excited. Great. I can't wait for my phone to ring. Right. From one of some music producer. Yeah, like, you keep putting your hand on the phone, and you never know. I mean, just dream big, Carl. Listen, I, uh, and, I, and I'll, you know, my first album, I won't expect, like, millions. I'll want, right. like, you know, half a million, well, maybe. Well, will you continue with the radio station? Yes, I mean, I'll still you'll be do okay the show, yeah. Here. You might have some more demands here. Yeah, but I'll you know, still do the show. Still show up every now I'll and then. Still, Great. Even if I'm on tour, I'll fly Good. back and do it. I'm counting on you. On my private jet. <laughs> I'm counting on you. <laughs> All right, more of Hollywood 360. We're going to tune into Dr. Kildare right after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Before we tune into the story of Dr. Kildare, I need to ask you, Lisa. Yes. What's the spotlight theater of the week? Oh, Carl. Well, Jesus Christ Superstar has a 50th anniversary tour, part of the That's Broadway. That's been around a long time. It sure has. It's part of the Broadway and Chicago series, but um, Jesus Christ Superstar made its Broadway debut in 1971, but I will tell you that the show is very different 50 years later than it used to be. Yeah. So today at the Cadillac Palace Theater, we saw a rock concert, we saw wonderful choreography, and we saw live theater all come together for the return of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Open this week, runs through July 31st. You don't have much time, but it is a show that I would not miss. And it's moving all over the country, right? It I is. mean, all over the place. You know, it's a touring company, so yeah. it's in Chicago right now. It's going to, you know, go to uh, New Orleans and Cincinnati and, and Knoxville and Toledo and Appleton, Wisconsin. It will tour across North America. But I will say it was truly mesmerizing production. Carl, and it really will appear to both a, a theater crowd and a concert music fans. Um, it's got award-winning music. It really has everything that you want to see in live theater. So I urge you to go check it out through July 31st, part of Broadway in Chicago series. Go to broadwayinchicago.com. They put on the best stuff, man. Oh, they and really, of course, really do. the music is something else. We've got I Don't Know How to Love Him. You know that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got I Superstar. I Don't Know How to Love Him. Something like that. <laughs> um, everything's all right. Jesus go Christ for the music. <laughs> there you go. See, even Carl knows this musical. Check it out. You won't be sorry. All right. All right. And uh, we have an episode 
of uh, Dr. Kildare. You know what, Lisa? This medical drama, Dr. Kildare, was based on the characters made popular by a series of MGM medical melodramas. It was uh, in the movies first, then they moved it to radio, and then later it even made a transition to television. The stories revolved around the patients and staff at Blair Memorial Hospital, and uh, Lou Ayers took the lead role as the young, handsome lead. And he was a skilled surgeon named Dr. Kildare. And character actor Lionel Barrymore played the crusty mentor figure, Dr. Gillespie. So it's like, I'm Lou Ayers, and you're like, you know, Lionel Barrymore, the crusty, you know. Oh, I'm the crusty one? The crusty mentor figure, you know? Because oh. you're so much older than I am. I don't And you're think so that's crusty. Fair. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not feeling that right? crusty part. So crusty. I'm like the handsome young surgeon, and, and you're the like. the crusty one. And you're like the, hey. Oh. You know, that guy. Yeah. Um, mm, then that, it was syndicated on TV in the 1950s. And uh, seen all the way into the 1960s, starring Richard Chamberlain as Dr. Kildare and Raymond Massey as Dr. Gillespie. And when it was on radio, it was uh, terrific. My mom loved them. Mm. It was like one of her favorite shows ever. Her and her brothers used to play Dr. Kildare, Dr. Kildare. Yeah. Anyway, this is a September 14th, 1950 episode. It's called the Marion Lewis case. Here's part one now of the story of Dr. Kildare. The story of Dr. Kildare. Whatsoever house I enter, there will I go for the benefit of the sick. Whatsoever things I see or hear concerning the life of men, I will keep silence thereon, counting such things to be held as sacred trusts. I will exercise my art solely for the... The story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer brought you those famous motion pictures. Now this exciting, heartwarming series is heard on radio. In just a moment, the story of Dr. Kildare. Now the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. Blair General Hospital, one of the great citadels of American medicine. A clump of gray-white buildings planted deep in the heart of New York. The nerve center of medical progress, where great minds and skilled hands wage man's everlasting battle against death and disease. Blair General Hospital, where life begins, where life ends, where life goes on. All right, one side, please. Uh, let me throw here now. Pardon me. Thank you. I'm sorry, I was in Stand back now, will you please move back, everyone? Give her a chance to breathe. Did you bring a doctor with you, officer? No. You're the owner of this lunchroom? Yeah, Hurley's my name. You should have brought a doctor. She's in bad shape. Yeah, she looks it. What happened? We walked in here about five minutes before midnight, stood there by the door a second, and she fell flat on her face, out cold. Ever seen her before? No. And don't get any wrong ideas. She didn't buy it in here. Didn't buy what? The smell her breath. So that's it. She's drunk. Boy, this younger generation. Just a kid. 17 at the most. Oh, well. Give me a hand here. We'll get her out to the car. You gonna take her down and book her? 
Planning to file charges? No. Just get her out of here. That's all I care. I think I'll take her over to Blair Hospital. Come on, give me a hand. Okay. She seems to be responding to the caffeine a little now, Dr. Gillespie. Good, Jimmy. At least that fluttery pulse is beginning to straighten out. I think you can start giving her the oxygen now. Keep her on it for a couple of hours or so. She'll pull out of it all right. Yes, Doctor. Oh, Sergeant, it's mm-hmm. a good thing you brought her here. That's alcohol in her bloodstream running over three parts in a thousand. Well, she really needed a doctor. Well, I didn't have the heart to run her in, Doc. She looked too young, I guess. Very too pretty. <laughs> Find anything in her purse? Uh, yeah. Match folders and three different bars, for one thing. I'll pay him a little visit in the morning. She's an obvious minor. Any identification, Blaine? Marion Lewis, according to the card here. Uh, address on the Upper West Side. Nearest relative's her mother, Mrs. Clyde Lewis. Same address. Well, she certainly had one too many to find her way there tonight. Mm, this girl's had a dozen too many, so it wasn't any accident. She did it on purpose. I wonder why. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Jimmy, stop right there. You're going out on a limb again. Uh, why should she deliberately set out to knock herself silly? What's behind it? I don't know. And if you're planning to butt in and try and find out, you can do it alone. Count you out. That it? Uh, confound it, yeah, sure. I'm getting too old for this probing into patients' lives. I see. It's a case of acute alcoholic poisoning. So, let's leave it that way. You just treat her and release her. All right. Nobody's pushing you. Dr. Kildare, the oxygen equipment is coming up in the freight elevator. Good, Barker. Oh, Dr. Gillespie, do you mind if your able assistant stays here and helps me? Of course I don't mind. Glad to get rid of old Snoopy for a while. Well? Uh, I guess I better get going, Jimmy. Want to check with the precinct desk and notify the girl's parents. All right, Blaine. I'll let you know how she gets along. I'll walk out with you, Blaine. I never like to interfere with Kildare's cases. Thank you, doctor. Oh, 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 there is one thing, Jimmy, though. Just for the report, of course. Oh? As soon as she's conscious, let me know what you find out about her. It's all right, Marion. All right. Where, where am I? You're in Blair Hospital. I'm uh, I'm Doctor Kildare. Hospital. Parker, you can have this inhaler taken out and bring mm. some hot coffee. I think that'll be better now than the caffeine shots. Uh, all right, Doctor Kildare. I'll I'll be right back. Mm. I wish I could die. Oh, is that what you were trying to do? No, but I didn't care whether I did. Seventeen years old and didn't care whether you lived or not? I suppose you're like everybody else. You think it's just great to be young. And everything's perfect, simple and easy. No, I think it's a fairly confusing world at any age, Marion. But it's a lot worse when you're just finding it out. No, I found it out all right. How, how did I get here? The police brought you. The police? Mm-hmm. Sergeant Blaine, friend of mine. You passed out in an all-night lunchroom. What are they going to do to me? Nothing. There are no charges against you. After you're released in the morning, you can go right out and do the same thing again, if you like. Yes, I probably will. What of it? Oh, 
One night you won't get to a doctor soon enough, or a car will run you down or something. I know. I don't care. Marion, uh, how long has this been going on? Drinking? Hmm. Last few months. Tonight was the worst yet. Like to tell me the reason? You wouldn't understand. You just think it was silly. Even my father and mother don't understand. Unfortunately, parents are the last to understand sometimes. It's a mixed-up world for them, too, you know. Not for mine. They got it all figured out. And they despise me. They hate me. Oh, you're coming, Parker. Here's the coffee, Dr. Kildare. The night supervisor had some already made. Good. Put it here on the table by the bed. All right, Doctor. You probably don't want this, Marion, but let's try to get a cup or two down anyway. Dr. Kildare, I, You can I, have a little cream if you like, but it's better if you drink it black. Uh, uh, oh, Dr. Kildare. In listening to this and then listening to, you know, Dr. Kildare and then Gillespie, you know, he was all like, you know... Very crusty. <laughs> I I have to reinforce what I said earlier. I am Dr. Kildare. And I am the And crusty. you're Lionel Barrymore. Right. You know, you're, um, I'm Dr. Kildare and you're, Ly- and you're uh, Dr. Gillespie. Okay. And then that Mike. That makes sense. Mike can be, um, who would Mike be? One of the other, well, you're like the, um, the guy who runs the hospital because he's the producer of the show. So right. So that's good. He he tells us what to do. Maybe we should reincarnate this and uh, see what we could do. Reincarnate it? <laughs> <laughs> revive it? You mean revive it? There you go. Getting sleepy? You didn't get a nap in today, Lisa? No yeah. nap earlier? I slept an hour. I make no excuses. I slept an hour. Mike, did you get a nap in? Yeah, I slept a lot today, but I was up pretty late yeah. working. So. Lisa probably didn't get a nap in. Did you? I did. What did you? How long did you sleep? Just like forty-five minutes. That's good. Forty-five is it's a good nap. That's a pretty good. good. Was Simba snooze? with you? Were you like cuddling S- Simba? Of course, he's right course? next to me. Of Aww. course. Ah, you love Simba so yeah, much. Yeah, he's my guy. How's he doing? He's doing great. All right, we're listening to the story of Doctor Kildare, uh, broadcast number thirty-four in the series. We'll get back to it in just a flash. More of Hollywood 360 and Dr. Kildare in a moment. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
This is Hollywood 360 across uh, more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. Our executive producer, the hardest working man in show business, Mike Estella. And uh, he's just, uh, I got to tell you, man, he's been doing this show for what? How long? Uh, At least a week or two. How long have you been? Since uh, 2013. 2013. Wow. He needs a raise. (laughs) (laughs) 2013. Well, uh, we started this in 2009. He's going to become a disgruntled employee soon. I know. He's not going to be able to look at me anymore. Well, that is a trend. That's what happens. Um, (laughs) The employees just can't look at me anymore after a while. Well, Mike's not an employee. He's the producer of the show. Well, it was a producer that had that issue. Yeah, I know. Gosh, it goes way back. Well, remember, I do have this like one-way mirror thing here going on. That's true. I, I can't see you. So it we helps. started this show in 2009, right? Yes, we did. Wow, it's a long time ago. It, it sure is. You know? And I'm the last man standing here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I did start working with you in 2008. Really? So I knew you 2008. even before Lisa. What were Lisa. you doing together in Yeah, we were working on Bible a Bible stuff. project. Oh. Yeah. So I guess I knew Mike before you even, Lisa. Well, wow. I did some... Things yeah. for you prior to this radio yeah, show. Yeah, I guess so. But so probably around but the around same the time. But around the same time, maybe. Wow. It's a long time ago. Yeah. 2008. Wow. Whew. Wow, you guys are getting old. Man. I wish I could go back to then, 2008, you know? I'd I would move, go back even further. I'd move to Australia. Let's go back a little further. Australia is probably far enough away. I think right? that would do it. Anyway. Um, well... You know what? Congrats to you, Mike, and congrats to you, Lisa. You're, <laughs> we you deserve hung in that. There. You hung in there with That's me. Survived so That's far. Right. You survived so far. You survived. Ay, ay, ay. All right, we're listening to the story of Dr. Kildare, September 14th, 1950, the uh, Marion Lewis case. Here's the conclusion. Well, Dr. Gillespie, you wanted a full report as soon as she was conscious enough to, uh... Oh. Uh, Kildare, uh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Lewis, Marion's parents. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? How do you do? I've just been talking to your daughter. How is she? How is she? We've already found out she's dead drunk. Clyde, please. She's going to be all right, Mrs. Lewis. Oh, thank heaven. Oh, Elizabeth, you'd take up for that kid no matter what she did. She's no good, and that's all there is to it. I'm afraid I don't agree with you, Mr. Lewis. I suppose you think you know more about her than I do. Strangely enough, I think I do. Ah, uh, uh, Jimmy. Excuse me, Dr. Gillespie. Uh, Mr. Lewis, I'd like to talk to you in the outer office for just a minute. Huh? All right. Oh, Dr. Gillespie, I knew something like this was going to happen to my daughter. Uh, Mr. Lewis, I've just been talking to your daughter, as you know, and... Well, if I may take the liberty of advising you, I'd like to say that she has a good many problems. Problems? <laughs> a girl her age has problems? Well, not to you, maybe, but enough to put her in a hospital. The reason I wanted to talk to you out here, away from your wife, is that in time, they they might become big enough to kill her if you're not worked out. And what are all these problems? Oh, just little ones. Silly ones, in fact. Like, uh, like, well, you wanting her to wear clothes too young for her and that she's not allowed to have dates when other girls of her age are. Things like that. No, that's it. That's what started it all. Hmm? One night I caught her sneaking out and meeting some fellow at the corner drugstore. 
couldn't lock her up in her room for a month. Now, don't you realize you just can't lock a person up and expect them to, to understand? You've got to talk things over with her. Talk it over with her? You act like she's already a grown-up woman. Well, at 17, if she's not well along to being grown-up, she never will be. You see, Mr. Lewis, a girl her age is All got right, to... all right. Everybody to their own opinion. She be ready to leave here in about ten minutes? Um, she won't be ready to leave here tonight. Why not? Because, Mr. Lewis, I'm not ready to release her. Well, now, we'll just have to see about that young fellow. I think you've got a few things to learn. Maybe so, but in my opinion, there are a whole lot of things you ought to learn, Mr. Lewis, and for the sake of that girl, you'd better learn them fast. All right, Jimmy, I agree with you. You're absolutely right, but confound relax. Calm down. Okay, Dr. Gillespie. I'm sorry I lost my temper, but... Oh, oh well. I know. That righteous smugness of his would make anybody. Yeah. Mad. He can't see any side of it but his own. That's just it. There's nothing really bad about that girl. All she needs is someone who will treat her as a person, who will who'll listen to her ideas and try to understand her. Well, I guess her father's given her very little of that. You know, Jimmy, it's the same old business. Nine times out of ten... Alcoholism is a secondary problem. There's always something behind it. Usually the reason isn't as clear-cut as this one. Come in. Well, if it isn't Dr. Carew. Gentlemen, uh, just step right in, Mrs. Lewis. Mr. Lewis. Thank Thank you. By the great horn spoon. Carew, do you sleep in that gardenia? Certainly not, Dr. Gillespie. But merely because it's three o'clock in the morning is no reason not to make oneself presentable when one is called on to appear in public, that is. Presentable. <clears throat> Dr. Kildare, these people tell me you've precipitated a little crisis. Well, I... Carew, inasmuch as Kildare and I have similar opinions in this matter, you may address us collectively. Oh, dear. Why, Dr. Gillespie, I thought you were too old for this sort of thing. Very ridiculous. Well, Carew, fire at will. Now, Dr. Gillespie... Look, I don't know what... What this is all about, but I'm only concerned with one thing. Uh, Dr. Carew, suppose you give this young man his orders. Now, Mr. Lewis, just leave this to me. Carew, the answer is no. Dr. Gillespie, please. Now, Dr. Kildare, I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to release the young lady to the custody of her parents at once. Uh, Sorry, but I'm holding her for observation. Observation? She's able to talk. She's able to go home where she belongs. I'm not so sure that is where she belongs. Now, Dr. Gilder, we can't let our personal opinions enter into our cases, you know. Then call it a professional opinion. Dr. Carew, she's under my care, and according to law, she stays there until I release her. Oh, I'm sure you wouldn't take such an unfortunate attitude as... I'll get it. Gildare speaking. Sergeant Blaine, Jimmy. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry to have to tell you this, but there's just been a complaint filed against the Lewis girl for shoplifting. What? Are you sure it's her? Can't be any doubt since the description file fits both her and the clothes she was wearing. Well, look, Blaine, can you, can, you, can you stall until the morning and I'll call the shop and try to fix it up or something? I'll do what I can, Doc. Uh, call me in the morning. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Goodbye. Well, there's no use having any further discussion about this tonight. I've, I've got a patient who's in trouble, and if I can, I'm going to help her out of it. And regardless of what anyone says, I'm not going to release her until I'm ready. That's final.
that. 4 a.m., Dr. Gillespie. With all the irate parents and our fat-headed superintendent cleared out now, maybe we can finally get some sleep. Yeah, could be, Jimmy. Of course, we still haven't done much toward clearing up the problem, though. I know. I can hold them off for the moment by refusing a release for Marion, but that's only temporary. Something has to be done tomorrow. What about this shoplifting business? It's pretty serious, mm. isn't it? Serious enough. Apparently, Marion tried on some clothes in a dress shop, then left wearing them while the sales girl was busy at something else. Ah, the crazy young fool. Now, Blaine's going to stall the warrant as long as he can. I'll call the shop in the morning, see if I can get them to drop the charges if I guarantee the cost of the clothes. Getting in pretty deep, aren't you, Jimmy? Oh, what can you do? Well, I noticed you were right there with me. Well, that was merely a personal attitude toward Carew. If he'd said black was black, I'd have said it was green. All right, so it was entirely personal. Mm. And it still doesn't answer the question, how are we going to help her? The girl needs understanding. Problems as simple as that. Only the answer's not quite as simple. No, because the only logical answer is to bring her and her parents together. Mm. Right now, they're a thousand miles apart. They need some common basis to work from. By the tarnation, aside from the fact that they're distantly related by birth, I don't see one. Neither do I. Now, I'm going to talk to both sides again in the morning. Do that, Jimmy, do that. Now, we'd better both get some sleep, or tomorrow you'll look as wilted as Carew's gardenia. I did it, Dr. Kildare. I only meant to look at the clothes and try them on. And they were so beautiful and so... I, well, So they made you look grown up, huh? And they were clothes you'd picked out yourself? Yes. And I was so miserable I didn't care what happened. So I, I took them. Took them? You know, we never get anywhere by kidding ourselves, Marion. Is that really what you mean? No. I, I stole them. Dr. Kildare, will they send me to jail? No, they got a check this morning. They've withdrawn the charges. You... you sent them... But why? <sighs> I can't pay you back. I don't have a job. My parents think I'm too young to work. Well, forget that for the moment. We'll worry about it later. Marion, how did all this start? Well, I don't know. My folks wouldn't let me have friends at home. Not any at all. Mm -hmm. Finally, I got so I'd slip off to the corner drugstore and talk to people. Boys. Mm. It wasn't anything. We just laughed and talked. I see. Then Dad found out about it and locked me in my room at nights for a month. So finally it all led up to, uh, to last night, huh? Yes. And a dead end, too, because that isn't the solution, you know. Dr. Kildare, there isn't any solution. I won't go back home again and have them tell me how low I am, how ungrateful, and how I failed them. And there's nothing else. Nothing. Well now, Mr. Lewis, maybe Kildare isn't quite as wrong as you think he is Of course he's wrong Now, wait a minute You and I come from what they call the older generation And the world's changed a lot since we came into it well, Maybe the world has, but right and wrong never change Oh, that could be I sometimes wonder, though, if we don't use these words right and wrong pretty loosely. 
Anything that we're familiar with, that is, that we learned before we were 21 years old, we call right. And anything new that's come along since, we call it wrong. With no basis for it either way. Well, I can't agree with you, Dr. Gillespie. Huh. Everybody knows the things this modern generation does, and I won't have Marion acting the same way. Well, it seems to me that people have been selling the younger generation short for about 20 centuries or more. But each time they managed to come through it all right. No, sir, things were different when we were young. Ah, different, yes, but not necessarily any better. And you know, we didn't do such a hard job of building a new world, Mr. Lewis. Well, nevertheless, I feel that... Oh, uh, come on in, Jimmy. Mr. Lewis. Good morning, Dr. Kildare. I guess I owe you an apology. Sorry I lost my temper last night. Well, I did a little of that myself, as I remember. But I think we can be more reasonable about it this morning. Oh, I hope so. Now, my wife's waiting downstairs, so if you'll fix up that release, we'll just take Marion right along with us. Well, she's a very hurt girl, Mr. Lewis, or a very sick one, if you want to put it that way. Well, hangover can get... Oh, no, no, no. It's a lot deeper than that. I do hope you'll be gentle with her, trying to talk to her and reason with her. Look, Kildare, when I was a kid and did anything wrong, my father didn't talk to me. He used the back of a hairbrush. That's reason enough for me. It's no use, Jimmy. I tried every argument I could think of. Well, Dr. Kildare, are you going to sign that release or not? No, I'm not, Mr. Lewis. In my opinion, Marion still needs medical care. In that case, I'd better see a lawyer. Whatever you like. Oh, one other thing, Kildare. I understand you paid off that dress shop for the clothes Marion stole. Of course, I want to make yeah, good... I'll save for... it for the funeral. I see. Well, I'll find out from the police and mail you a check. I pay my debts. I can tell you one you'll never be able to pay. I think that's a matter of opinion. Good day, gentlemen. Well, there goes nothing. <laughs> He's hard-headed, all right. And the worst of it is, he loves his daughter. He's just as hurt as she is. Sure he is. But he's too confounded stubborn to tolerate any idea but his own. And there's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. If he sees a lawyer, he'll have her back in his custody within 24 hours. I can't support any claim that she needs further medical care. Well, we did all we could. Now, come in, Parker. Dr. Kildare, have you forgotten you're supposed to make the rounds in the crippled children's ward at 11 o'clock? No, Parker, I was just about to... to... Say, you know something? What? A long shot. Parker. Huh? Go stop Mr. Lewis and bring him back here. His wife, too. Hurry. Haven't we seen about enough of this now, Dr. Kildare? Oh, there's only one more section, Mr. Lewis. It's right ahead of us. Well, it can't be much different than the others. Now, here we are. Now, we won't go inside. We can look through these windows along the corridor. These children are all under five years old. Oh, and all of them are handicapped in some way. Mm -hmm, in various ways. And furthermore, most of them are charity patients, wards of either the hospital or some charitable organization. Dr. Kildare... I assume you had some point in mind when you insisted we come here with you. I wonder if you'd explain just what it was. Oh, I'm not sure whether I can explain it, Mr. Lewis. I guess I wanted to show you some of the differences in handicaps and to point out that physical handicaps aren't the only kinds. Um, look, Mr. Lewis, that curly-headed little boy there by the window, the one with braces on both legs. Yes, I see. 
Suppose he was yours, and you didn't happen to like the way he was forced to walk. Now, what would you do? Try to help him to learn to walk his way, or beat him with a hairbrush because he couldn't walk your way? Well, I... Can you imagine a child like that being no good? Well... Oh, Clyde, we have been wrong sometimes, you know. We failed her as much as she could ever fail us. I wonder if maybe you aren't right. So many things we could have done and didn't. So many things we thought were important. Perhaps they're not. Elizabeth, I... Well, I think maybe we'd better talk this over. Now, you'll find a conference room at the end of the corridor. You won't be disturbed. Well, thanks, Dr. Kildare. Come on, dear. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> You're the luckiest man I ever saw. Hmm? Oh, I didn't hear you come up. Long shot paid off, huh? Well, that's the way it seems. <laughs> and I'm glad it did, but... But what? Jimmy, would you mind explaining the logic of your plan? Well, I don't know. I just had a hunch, I guess, a feeling. But confound it, Jimmy, it doesn't even make good sense. Only there's one thing about it, Dr. Gillespie. What? It worked. Confounded, Parker. Can't you dare and I have five minutes conversation without you poking your long nose in? Well... Never mind. What do you want? Well, Dr. Carew's outside there. Shall I show him in? Show him in. Show him out. I don't care where you show him. I think I know what he wants. I doubt if he's heard... Oh, let's pour it on him, Jimmy. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, Jimmy, look, if it isn't Dr. Carew... Yes, I believe it is at that. Gentlemen, please. Step into our parlor, Carew. Speak up. What's on your mind? <clears throat> Gentlemen, I refrain from exercising my authority, uh, but there can be no more quibbling now, no more dilly-dallying. Isn't that word dilly-dallying, Dr. Gillespie? Well, Jimmy, I think you're right. Oh. Gentlemen, that girl, I want her released at once. I, I guess he means you, Jimmy. I'm not holding any girl. Dr. Gillespie, you know very well who I mean. It's that, that Marion Lewis girl. Lewis? Uh, Marion Lewis? Well, there is something familiar about that name. Oh, I remember, Dr. Gillespie. That's the girl who left with her parents right after lunch. Dr. Kildare, I won't listen to any art. She what? You know, I don't think Dr. Carew really knows what's going on around here. Oh, dear. But I thought... I, I mean, you said that... But last night you... Oh, dear. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Parker! Open the door for Dr. Carew. He's trying to walk through the back of the closet. You have just heard the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore. This program was written by Les Crutchfield and directed by William P. Russo. Original music was composed and conducted by Walter Schumann. Supporting cast included Virginia Gregg, Ted Osborne, Lorene Tuttle, Tal Avery, Barbara Ruick, and Jack Crucian. Dick Joy speaking. you have it the story of dr kildare september 14th 1950 starring lou Ayers and lionel barrymore 
and a lot of other great actors in this. Virginia Gregg, she was the voice of uh, Norma Bates in the movie Psycho. I won't even touch that fly. We played a clip from Psycho earlier. Yeah, and then Lorene Tuttle, Jack Crucian, Ted Osborne. Um, and also the dad in that, who did a great job as the uh, kind of uh, jerky dad, Toll Avery. Toll Avery was a uh, very well-known character actor. You'd know him if you saw him. He was in a lot of TV shows. In fact, he was in a couple of episodes of Batman, and he was in like Maverick and a lot of things. He was in a bunch of movies as well. Uh, Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore starring in the story of Dr. Kildare. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. This is our final song from 1998. And I give up forever to touch you Cause I know that you feel me somehow You're the closest to heaven who is this, Carl? Mm, is that like Guns N' Roses or something? No. No? Who is it? This is the Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls? Yes. Yeah. 98. This I remember. called Iris. This was originally written for the soundtrack of the 1998 film City of Angels. Oh, City of Angels. And they later included it on their uh, album uh, called Dizzy Up the Girl. This is the Goo Goo Dolls. Right. Reached number nine on the charts. Huh. Yeah, I never had any of their albums. I didn't either. Yeah. Is it either or either? I think either sounds more responsive. Yeah, I say either, and well, you sure. say that's because we're <laughs> diametrically different, that's the two right. of us. I mean, we're like polar opposites. In some ways, <laughs> not in others. <laughs> that's true. All right, Margaret. All right. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks for that. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it is Gunsmoke, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, The Bing Crosby Show, Inspector Thorne, and X-1. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella. And my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying, stay safe, be healthy, and thank you so much for listening. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.